It's the Jesus and Paula Show. Starring Jesus Christ and Paula Price. Tune in as we learn the mind of Christ and thoughts of God. You know, we met some very interesting rain. As you recall, it was raining a lot of places last Thursday. Though we got there, we arrived, had a great time, very relaxing trip as well, and came back, boots on the ground, running, running, running. Now, tell your friends, tonight, Dr. Price is continuing in her series of the Prophecy Clinic. I tell you what, <laughs> these prophetic case studies case studies. I mean, who does that? But when you study scripture, you realize that is how it rolled out to be case studies and, and parables were often can be considered a case study. Can you have heaven is like this? There once was a man. There was a tree. There was a fish. <coughs> there was all these things. And so the, the clinic will be open in just a few short moments with Dr. Paula Price, author of the Prophet's Dictionary. In case you didn't know, the author of the Prophet's Dictionary is here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We just had somebody who was in church last night. It was the funniest story. Uh, she came and, and she actually brought a friend and her friend's husband. And they had the dictionary. They were using it, going through it. And one friend said, well, I want to see who this person is before I just jump in with this information. I need to know what I'm getting into. And when she looked up Dr. Price online, she said, do you know she's here in Tulsa? She said she's here in Tulsa. And this is somebody who had been using the prophet's dictionary and didn't know. So they came to the embassy. She had to replenish her inventory. She bought a stack of dictionaries for her group that she works with on interpreting dreams and things like that and, and came to the church and will return. And so it's just great to see how sometimes the answer to what you're looking for is literally in your backyard and you just don't know it or in your zip code or in your area code or in your time zone or in your city. And we're right here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. You can join us Sunday morning. We have Congregation of the Mighty, where God stands is our church. Now, Dr. Price has been moving and shaking and kicking open doors and kicking down, you know, sacred cows, doing all kinds of things. And she's done a lot of interviews in this last year. We were recently at the NRB convention, and she was a guest on the Charlie Kirk show. Of course, many people know, many people know who Charlie Kirk is. And this is a short excerpt from that interview when he was asking her about the whole transgenderism and what's happening in that and what are her thoughts. So tune into this and we'll be right back. 
kind of social decline we're seeing, the transgender movement, all of this. I mean, do you, do you have comments on this? Do you talk about this openly? I, yeah. You know, now, come on, Charlie. You know why. Tell I, me. <laughs> Let actually, it rip. Actually, I talk about it, and, and I just got through discussing it. People ask, how did we get here? We got here by first diminishing sex. We took sex out yeah, of the sanctity of marriage. I completely agree with that. Okay? Yeah. Then we went from there to we went from taking it out of marriage to making it making it an obsession. You have a pimple because you haven't had sex. You know, you're cranky because you haven't <laughs> had sex. See, I'm old enough to remember those yeah, arguments. Yeah, no, that's exactly and right. So, so we went from there. Then we moved forward to everybody needs sex just to feel good about themselves. Right. Now, all of that was opening the door. But what really knocked down the gate was Woodstock. Interesting. Woodstock, okay. Because it was, it's known as the free love, free sex. Yeah, free, sure. So we, it, we, we've talked about Woodstock a lot yeah, on this program. So, and okay. so it knocked it down. And what it did was it also ushered in a whole lot of unclean forces yeah. that made it, that's inseminated our entire environment, our psyche, if you will. From there, we came up with the idea of what? Merchandising it. And you and I both know when you, when you take an ideology and you merchandise it, it becomes an industry. And so what do we have? Sex on Wall Street. Did we ever think we'd see that? In my time, I never imagined we'd see that. It is now a, an industry. They call it the sex trade industry. Yeah. So we, once you add the financial or the money factor, it's not going to reverse. Too many people are invested in it. So now we've gotten sex out there. So then, oh, wow, we're bored with just straight sex. Let's go and bring up, as, the, as they say, let's let the homosexuals out of the closet because this is an industry. And so can an industry define how we're going to do this? So now we have them out of the closet. Well, we've done that. They're out of the closet. We're giving them, you know, rights. They have bought into everything because when you track their movement, they bought the right to say and they pay for their place. So now we go there and now we have the other last major milestone is what? Transgenderism. Let's just change our sex. I remember when I grew up and applications had gender on it, not sex. Yeah. Now we, but they had to save that word for today. So we have transgender, cosmetic transformation of your gender or your sexual orientation, because it's a the transgender is a cosmetic version of God's creation. So basically, your argument is that there's been this moral decline of the last couple of decades, and mm -hmm. Woodstock was really this kind of um, center point of a mm -hmm. lot. Is that, is that right? Yeah, I think it was the, the to me, it was the institutional trigger. Yeah. It, its job was to tear down the institution of, of, uh, monogamy. So Dr. Institutional trigger. Interesting term right there. Institutional trigger. Did you hear that? Go back and watch that again and again. I'm sure we'll have this uploaded on Dr. Price's website as well. Dr. Paula A. Price dot com dr paula a price dot com you want to go there and check dr price out from there you can also get to meet paula price.com which will give you an overview of all of the visions and enterprises that she has going on institutional trigger you know dr price has taught us here about trigger words and things that have been engrafted and interwoven and sewn into culture to have a unified social response when they're stated. For example, even what we're going through with the whole COVID drama, social distancing, be safe. Be safe is now a trigger phrase. Be safe, uh, be, 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 show love. Show love now means, hey, wear your mask. 
take your shots, do all those kind of things. And so now the words have triggered conditioned and programmed responses. We're Pavlov's dogs. I mean, that's what all that is, is Pavlov, you ring the bell and the dog starts salivating because you do something enough, people become conditioned and you have to fight that. That's why it's essential for you to stand on your faith, to stand what you believe in, to not be moved and to not be shaken because you will fall right into it. You hear anything enough, it will passively program you passively program you to, oh, oh, and then you just start putting, you're like, wait a minute, what am I, what? I don't even, uh uh-uh. And you have to put on the armor of God. Your helmet of salvation is a very real thing now. Very different from just being a good Christian, but actually saving your thoughts, your soul, your mind, your body, and your health. I tell you what, that and that whole thing, that was really, really good. We might pull out some other clips along the way, but we always want you to stay connected with where Dr. Price is because I tell you what, with all of the social media and all the places, now I think it's easier to lose track of people <laughs> than it was before because literally everybody and anybody can go live. Anybody and everybody can say something at any time. In the beginning, there were certain people and now, It's more and more and more. Make sure your notifications are set to know when Dr. Price is going live. Make sure you have that notification on so you can see, oh, she's saying something, whether it's on Facebook or it's on YouTube, that you subscribe if it's on YouTube, that you like or follow if it's on Facebook. So you know every single time you get notified, wait a minute, I might be at work right now. Let me slide and see what's going on. Let me check and watch it later and leave it right there in your notifications until you watch it. Because a lot of people are talking but not everybody is saying something. And we really need to understand that a lot of people are running their mouths, but are they saying something? When you study scripture and God was quiet for hundreds of years in between Malachi and Matthew, do you think people stopped talking? No. This is why Ezekiel was talking about the false prophets and they, you just prophesying according to your heart and what you want to be true and what you want God to do, which we've seen. And we're in the battle of the prophetic and whose word is right and, and who's prophesying this and prophesying that. And then you have the play it safe prophets. Okay, we're going to do the post prophecy. You understand it's not prophecy if it's after it's a recap. It's a summary. It's an overview. It's a review. Right, Prophet Angela? She's a prophet. You understand? She she runs, she practically runs uh, Price University, one of the team that does. And see, all of that afterwards is review. If it's not beforehand, it's not. you're not ahead of it. And so you have scared, afraid prophets, people, because, see, this is the world in which the scripture was written in, where you had other devils trying to prove God's word was wrong. We're in the Balaam era. God's saying you're blessed, and the high powers are trying to pray, uh, pay every witchcraft, every witch, every demon, every sorcerer to shut down what God is doing, paying them a lot of money to throw their witchcraft against the body of Christ. See, nothing. there is nothing new under the sun. Nothing is new, including that. Speaking of, in case you've been living under a rock lately, there's a new film out called 2,000 Mules. And 2,000 Mules is dealing with, Lord have mercy, the election fraud, documentation of the election fraud. And so Friday, May 20th, here at the embassy, we're hosting a free movie night. 
opening it up to the city and anybody who wants to show up. And it's not just going to watch a movie. No, no. Now, come on. You know, Dr. Paul Price, we will be talking after this film. And we will have strategic discussion, as you can see on your screen, strategic discussion after this film, not just sounding off, but what do we do now? Forget what do we do next? What do we do now? This is the window to take it back. This is the window to seize control. This is the thing that can galvanize people who thought all of that was a lie. Well, you guys just really love Trump so much. You just want him in office and you don't get, listen, there is no man I love that much that I'm going to get out here looking like a fool half the time because everybody else is saying that you're crazy. There's no man that we love that much except the main man, Jesus Christ. There is no human. All right, that we're going to be doing this for unless God said it to be true. And so we're going to have that. Our, our uh, embassy cafe will be open, the concession stand, because, you know, you need some popcorn and a hot dog with maybe a little bit of cheese on it to watch this movie because <laughs> I got to go in. And I know once it starts, I'll, I'll forget the food is even in my hand because I'm going to be like, what? OK, so the, the cafe will be open. Concessions will be open for sale, not for giveaway, just like the movies. But you will not be paying $6.95 for a hot dog here. $9.99 for a hot dog without ketchup, okay? You won't be paying that here. But we're going to watch the film. We're going to have guided uh, discussion, purposeful discussion, strategic discussion. So if you're in town and you're coming, come with your brain. Now, we're not going to guarantee everybody's going to have an opportunity to talk. Okay. We're going to invite the leaders around our city, influential people, as well as congregants, members, everybody, friends, enemies, saints, atheists. It doesn't matter. Come on in because right now it's about saving the country and what we're going to do to take this back. My, 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 my. We are also going to have February, February, Lord, my God, <laughs> June. I know. June. Third, it's a Friday, June 3rd. We're going to have another prophecy, prayer, and worship night. Where are the authentic prophetic voices is the theme. I think it's something like that. Where are the authentic prophetic voices? And we're inviting some key people from the city as well as everybody else to come. And we're going to pray, decree, declare, prophesy, and worship, and work the spirit realm, and work the heavens. Gone are the days of passively going to receive. I'm just going to receive. Now, anytime God pours out his spirit, there will be blessings. There will be strength. There will be healings. It's a given. It's kind of like when it rains, everything gets wet. It's a given. Okay, so when the Lord shows up, there are certain things that always happen because he is there. So this night is to open up the heavens and for us to continue to work in the spirit realm, what God is doing to provide an opening and to hold an opening for his powers to move in, for him to have the breakthroughs that he needs. So stay tuned for more marketing on that. June 3rd, Friday, June is going to be a power packed month. I'm sleeping right now. Because I want to, I'm not, I'm not sleeping right now. Who sleeps? This is why we all wear so much makeup. Okay. Y'all want to know why? This is why you have to cover the fact that you aren't sleeping and you're just, God just pulls the string like a wind up toy and says, go. And then, oh, go again. So wind me up, Jesus. We're also introducing a new segment into the Jesus and Paula show. Super excited about this. We talked about it some months ago, and we're bringing it forward now. We're introducing the Apostles' Acumen and Eye of the Prophet. So excited about that. I'm going to give you this quick promo video so you understand what we're going to be doing in this segment 
why we're doing it. And, and really, it's a combination of a lot of things that we already do on our broadcast, what we're highlighting in world events, what God is doing, what we should be doing, what scriptures should we be reading, how should we be uh, uh, preparing ourselves. There's really no such thing as too much help right now. There's no such thing as too much information. Think about how many news bureaus we have right now. Why do we have so many? Because so many are corrupt. All the new ones that were born out of this whole issue that came to light with fake news and and corruption in the news and, and demanding that people only tell one side of the story in the news has actually presented a wonderful opportunity for other people to raise up their own news bureaus, to raise up their own networks, to build up their own platforms. So even in the midst of darkness, chaos, and destruction, and crazy, to those who are ready and to those who are prepared and equipped and those who have been preparing in caves and in shadows and in the darkness for a long time, now is their time. We're going to see a lot of people that seemingly came out of nowhere that have been working. I mean, Dr. Price with a lot of people is going to look like she came out of nowhere. Out of nowhere, this woman, Dr. Paula Price, she just came out of nowhere talking about she just turned 70 and 40 years in the backside of the wilderness. Damascus, the the Serengeti, listen, pick a desert, pick a wilderness, anywhere it's dry is where we've been. And to the world, it's like, ta-da, you just got here. But not to them and not to God, which is why the word is so seasoned, why it is so anchored, why it is so ready for God to do what he needs to do. So we're going to take just a few minutes to watch this intro to the Apostles' Acumen and Eye of the Prophets so you know what else you can expect from the Jesus and Paula show at our brand new time, 8 p.m. Central Standard Time, Thursday nights. Hello, Jesus and Paula Price Show world. I'm pleased to introduce to you a brand new segment into the Jesus and Paula Show. For years, Dr. Price has always wanted to have apostles and prophets bringing us global news events. What's going on, not just in the headlines that we can see, but what's going on behind the scenes? What are the patterns, sequences? What other spirits and powers and agencies are at work? What is God saying about this? Is this tied to a bigger picture? Is this a one-time event? All those things and many more are going to be addressed in our two new segments, The Apostles' Acumen and Eye of the Prophet. And we are both spying out global events. This is so exciting because anybody who's really an apostle or a prophet was usually, you know, possibly wanted to always be a spy or an undercover agent or something happening behind the scenes that nobody could see what was going on. Well, because the offices of the apostle and prophet predate the church, that means our purview and our insight and our authority reaches beyond the four walls of the church into the kingdom, the world, the globe, both invisible and visible. And so as you uh, progress with us through this whole next era of the Jesus and Paula show, stay tuned every week on the broadcast with Dr. Price, a short segment from either an apostle with the apostles acumen or a prophet 
eye of the prophet to see what's going on in the world. Did you know, how is it impacting the church? What's our responsibility? What is God really saying and what's happening? For example, do you know what elections are going on? Do you know what authorities and powers are being overturned? Do you know what coups are taking place in various nations around the world? Now, there's always the question, what's that got to do with us? I mean, hey, we're here in the United States and does it matter? Does it not matter? Should we know? Should we not know? Well, first of all, all of our viewers are not in the United States. Many of you are watching from various places around the world and need to know, we need to know, we need to be the watchmen, watchmen, what of the night? What is happening in China? What's going on in Russia? What's happening in the US? What's happening in Canada? How about small islands around the globe? Technology, as we saw even at our apostolic summit, what diabolical agenda is in the works now? And I actually should say agendas. So as we're rolling this out to you, we want to hear from you. We want your feedback uh, as far as each broadcast posted in the feeds. Let us know if you find out information of what's going on around the world that you think we should know. Let us know so we can, hey, keep our eyes all over. So we can, our eyes can be roaming to and fro and roving to and fro around the world to see what God is saying, to see what his enemy is up to and to see what our plan needs to be for our Lord Jesus Christ. So stay tuned for Apostles Acumen and Eye of the Prophet, because I tell you what, God is moving, things are happening and shaking. The enemy wants us to believe nothing more than that God is not in control and we're just helpless and all we can do is pray. But I think you and I both know by now being on the Jesus and Paula show, that is the last thing that is true. We're going to arm you, equip you, give you strategies, give you insights, maybe give you prayer topics, give you wisdom on what to do in your community, how you can get involved in the change, how you can spread the word to your friends, to your family, how you can network this thing and really get the word of truth out there. A lot of people have a lot of ideas for what the office of the apostle and the prophet are supposed to be. But one of them for sure is guardianship, guardianship of this kingdom, guardianship of Jesus's blood and what he died for, guardianship of the next generation and what God has in mind. We are mantles of God's future. Both the apostle and the prophet are mantles of God's future. We are literally programmed in our DNA to go back and forth in time by the Lord's spirit to what he is and even what he has done and what he needs us to do and how we need to prepare. So as we bring you these segments and these broadcasts, it's not to be sensational and it's not to say, wow, but you didn't know that. It is all to tie into what God is doing. We are raising up 2.5 million apocalyptic elect of Jesus Christ who will take this nation back and take this world back for our Lord, for his kingdoms, for our Lord in heaven and on earth. That's what we're here to do. So these news broadcasts and these uh, segments are not just meant to entertain. Actually, entertainment is just a byproduct. It's meant to inform, to equip and to arm. We've learned a lot over the last two years for sure about our role as the apocalyptic elect, how we are more than 
merely Christians, but that we are eternal beings in the now. What does eternity in the now look like? Well, we're going to start by spying out global events to let you know what's going on. Again, what God's enemy is up to, but what the Lord is up to as well, because we can focus on the darkness so much that we forget that it's always crushed by the light and that light being Jesus Christ. So stay tuned every week for a segment of either the Apostles' Acumen or the Eye of the Prophet so we can spy out global events together and take this thing back for Jesus Christ. Well, good morning. Nope, wrong. I have to get used to things now, okay? So you all can help me. Good evening, family. We'll start with that. Good evening, and God bless you. I'm sure you enjoyed our announcements and the commentary we've had so far. And I am excited about where God is going. We are have, we're here at the Prophecy Clinic. Remember, for the next several weeks, as we move into the uh, Tulsa Prophetic Training Institute in June, we're going to have the Prophecy Clinic. And so <clears throat> one of the reasons that we're doing that is because prophecy got us into this. So I'm thinking corrected it might over time get us out of it. What am I saying? False prophecy. I've been talking about that. I understand that they have some recommendations for you to download so that you can get the advanced programs or the expanded version of what I'm saying on these broadcasts in these clinics. So make sure you pay attention so you can get your downloads because that is wonderful. No, another thing I want to say before I get into it, because you know, when I get into it, I'm in, I'm all in and I'm all excited. And so another thing I'd like to say to you also is that you um, get an assessment. If you are a prophet, if you are prophetic, you need to have an assessment. You need hard data and you, you need it from third party, meaning we appreciate the Holy Ghost unction. But do we really know if you heard the Holy Ghost correctly? Do you know if you heard him correctly or did you let him start talking and run off to go and get your cards and your charter? So the assessment tells you where you are prophetically. And it is an amazing tool. We encourage you to get it and you'll be hearing us pop in about it throughout the broadcast today. And, and I also want to say to you, if you've not seen it or if you haven't had it, we're working on having a night where we are going to gather our body and the community to, to view 2000 Mules, meaning the, 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 the movie that is proving despite what devils do. See, one thing I want you to know, as we go through today, you're going to find out devils lie and can't ever tell the truth. Like the truth is, the, the lie is truth to the devil. You understand, devils can't, God deprived them of truth. He took truth out of their life, out of their genes, out of their existence, out of their mouths. They cannot do it. And so as we go forward and we're, we're look, watching this thing unfold because a ton of things are about to unfold, you better believe me when I tell you, and it's going to be so overwhelming that the truth is going to grip and drown out the lie. That's important. So we want you to, uh, if you haven't seen it, go and see it. 
stream it to your friends go get a copy of it play it on dvd because you know streaming gonna get crazy you know how that because he's you know these people we don't understand a lot has been invested in them they invested a lot in this lie they've invested a lot in this deception they've invested a huge amount of money lives family laying it on the altar things that most christians won't do but they did it to get this ground to gain this ground so make sure you share it with your friends invite your friends over invite your enemies over hey if they want to pick a fight about it fine let's just have some good fodder to fight over but make sure you keep this thing going if you have a business play it on your screen in your business all the time if you have a broadcast have pieces of it coming through in your music stream your music if you will but but make sure that it's everywhere sit down in your restaurants and talk about it have it on your tables for lunch because we have got to outsmart this enemy and it has to happen with the children of light because the children of darkness are all bought in and sold out so we have to alter that make sure you do that now what am i going to talk about today well i told you we're in a prophecy clinic and the prophet the purpose of the clinic is that you understand that there are cases, there are situations, there are circumstances that God has historically dealt with. He's dealt with it in terms of his, his perceptions, his principles, his thoughts, his ob objectives, his patterns. There are things that God does that lets you know. So what I found out is that most prophets today, and I'm just saying most of them are not prophets. The majority of them are prophesiers because they can't take you beyond the verbiage. They can't take you into the project. They can't take you into the thought and the intent of the Lord's heart. So most of them are prophesiers. And I, I segment the prophet prophetic into that prophets, prophesiers, because we need to understand that. And then straight predictors, because the predictor is going to just tell you tomorrow's news. That's all. They're going to tell you tomorrow's news today or next year so you need to understand that that's another reason why i opened this by having you put in your notepad let me take an assessment you need to know if you're a prophesier and if you are a prophesier is that a pass-through or is that your station because you don't jump into the prophetic as an official prophet because a official needs the office and if you are just beginning you're not an officer your gift and that's the other dimension of the prophetic we need to know. That prophesier is a gifting. And so you don't know anything about the office because all we've talked about was the gifting and the gift to see and say. So we've got the gift to see and say. And as far as you're concerned, that's a prophetic. And you all are so ill-trained and so naive that you will argue with an official prophet on the gift. Because you don't know what you're talking about. I think what bothers me about the body of Christ today is it's okay being stupid. It's okay being uninformed. It's okay being unlearned, untaught. It's okay being naive and it's okay being gullible. Prophetic people are none of those things. They are not going to stay ignorant. They believe because they know God's adversary is brilliant and they know they represent God's adversary's maker, founder, and educator. The prophetic did not begin with Satan. And you all need to understand that. He, as a matter of fact, his prophetic came way down the line after he gave that one little lie to Eve. We don't hear about him any longer. And so his prophetics didn't begin with, with Satan and, and the prophetic itself. 
If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. And by the way, tell all your friends, if you have some prophetic folk and whatever, tell them if you have, if you, you all like rap music, you all like the, you know, the tight booty hugging stuff and all of that. I'm going to show you that's what prophets have dealt with all along. So when you see a, a woman immodestly clad, in the pulpit, you need to. I'm going to tell you who she really is, and I don't care what she says. I don't care if she says, well, I don't, this is my freedom. No, if your behind is on display, then you're not serving it for Jesus. So you're not going to do it. And if we're going to be here, we're going to have to double down on this devil and we're going to have to push in because everything about your sexuality is going to be explained. You're going to love today. So tell your friends so you can get mad. And you know, we got the little stupid brothers that like to write me about you know how stupid men are. Some of these, no, not all of them. Thank God for my brothers who know the Lord. But these men, do you know they have the nerve to write me about women in ministry when you male in ministry wreck the church? You don't want to take me on with that. Because we're living your ministries right now. We're living your wisdom right now. Male dominance, y'all dominated us right out of a country. You dominated us right out of the ecclesia. You dominated us right out of holiness, right out of sanctification. It's bad enough that you got your scripture wrong and you wrangle, but then you don't even look at your own fruit. There's not a man on the planet that's going to trust them. Talk to me and say, God never called a woman. You cannot, because if he didn't, then he planned to be deceived and he planned to, to be eliminated from both because you all have got people turning on this God, Mr. Man, Mr. Timothy says, see, and I'm not one of those women. I'm not going to let you do it. And I'm not just going to write you in secret because y'all be writing little old nasty men. Y'all nasty. And you want to talk about God didn't call a woman? Are you kidding? God needs his women right now. There's a reason why he named the church a woman and not a man. That's the reason why she's the bride and the wife. I just, I'm just saying. It's early and I'm saying it. So you can write your stupid stuff to me all day long. I like reading it because I can read about another idiotic male specimen. Because I'm going to tell you something. Anybody who's on God's side today, they're encouraging every hand to get on deck. They're encouraging everybody. They're encouraging uh, all of us, all of you. Uh, if we can get some children on legitimately, we would. We need everybody doing the job. These are the same men that tore this thing down for the Holy Ghost. So don't don't talk to me about y'all because I'm going to tell you right now, your testosterone fell the Lord. So you might as well give estrogen a place. <laughs> what? I'm so sick of these fail. You, they, you, they fail. These are these little armchair nobodies. You sitting there <clears throat> sweeping garbage as a janitor. Or slithering through some woman's pocketbook. And you're going to talk to me about whether God called a woman to preach. Read the Bible. At least read it. At least read it. And then research a couple of things. But I'm going to tell you, right, and I'm saying this to every woman, you need to get up off of your own chauvinism. And you need to back us. You need to back us. Because right now, gender is not the issue. Gender was the cover story. Gender is not the issue. And we need to make sure we understand that. And then you're sitting there talking about <clears throat> how many homosexual males and you want to talk about God not using women. Some of y'all are so gay, you're forcing them to use a fake woman. Well, 
I'm <clears throat> talk about he never used a woman. Half of y'all sleeping with men. Talking about he never used a he, y'all giving him a fake woman, cosmetic female. I got to drink some water. Cosmetic females. Tell me that mm -mm, cosmetic. Your bones are still male. Your marrow still male. Your blood is still male. Everything about you is still male. So we're talking about cosmetics. Isn't that what they named the surgery? Cosmetic surgery. It's cosmetic surgery. So what is that going to produce? A cosmetic result. So what is cosmetic? Cosmetic comes from world. Cosmos. And we talk about the medic, that's the technology. So you are, you are, that's why the world can say you're a female and creation can't. Or that you're a male and creation can't. See, but God is running on creation because when you die, I promise you, if you're laying on your deathbed right now, I'm just going to tell you the truth. You laying on your deathbed right this moment. And you're dying and you need blood. And you had cosmetic surgery. What cosmetic blood is going to save your life? I just want to know. Or if you need a transplant, you have to have cells that go with your gender. So you can talk all day long all about this. I'm telling you, the only thing that I'm disgusted with more than the fact that this thing has talked is that you have talked people into buying your lie. So I'm not going to be a liar for you. Because that's what you have done. You forced the world to say, to literally deny their eyes about something they can't see. And we all, and to get 300, at least, let's say 100 million people Tops, I don't think it's more than 50, but that's some of the st statistics I've been reading. Just to buy your lie, and we're all going to become liars to be citizens. If we are going to be a citizen, we have to be a liar like you. That is what that's what you're pushing us. I'm sorry, I still know what. And let me tell you, some of them cosmetics that's some bad surgery. I just want y'all to know some of y'all didn't do well. They you, you need to get your money back because they did a terrible job. <laughs> See, this is your delusion. And I'm not in your delusion. Just like I can't get in your dreams at night. I can't just hop in your dreams. I might be able to if I have to. I'm in. So I want you to understand. Just so you understand. This whole thing where you're going to. Don't write me. Don't write me because you're not a man. You can't be a man, and you certainly don't belong to the son of man, and you don't belong to the God of all flesh because you would be concerned about his bleed out right now. You're going to write me some 900-year-old, well, okay, I'll go with 2,000-year-old theology, and we, we're sitting here trying to save a country, and you're that idiotic? We're trying to save a nation. We're trying to save a generation, and you don't care as long as your little blinded pebble theology Access neurons in your brain. I don't want to hear it because y'all fail. We are in this position, man in charge. Not all men, because I have met some amazing brothers in the Lord. I can't even believe that God has such great sons. But you all, 
Y'all need to stop. You need to be ashamed of yourself that you'd rather see this man fail on your little blind belief than for you to get up and get in the fight with the rest of us. You need to be ashamed. And I'm asking God to, I'm issuing an edict of outright shame and humiliation on you for that foolishness. In Jesus' name. Every time you turn around, you're going to be embarrassed. Every time you try to do something, you're going to feel shame. Everything you're trying to do, you're going to have your foot in your mouth all the time. You're going to be humiliated until you grow up and realize that things are bigger than your little print, your little flawed interpretation of print that we know has been maneuvered and manipulated. Shame on you. Yeah, I had to say it. Yes, I'm going to say it. In the name of Jesus, I'm saying it. So if you look at your screen, you can see. Don't I go on? I do. Moving right along. Well, you know, I got to keep flowing. So moving right along, if you look at your screen, you will see that I have a little bit of a collage, montage, whatever. We're, we're put, my goal in this prophecy clinic is to reestablish prophetic ed, which is planting prophets everywhere and planting places for people to find prophets everywhere. Good prophets. Good, good thinkers, thought leaders, educated, learned prophets. <clears throat> so you can look at that. And then we talked about this. This is very important. I want to say this. Hosea 12 says very clearly where, where, where the prophet is in God's mind. Okay. We're talking about in God's mind. Let's get past Ezekiel because, you know, we have a whole lot of folk before him. But he leads the way in our compilation of the minor prophets. And so we got to get past Daniel. You remember Daniel? Nice guy. Really nice guy. He suffered a lot. It was tough. Tough. Wasn't it? Let me see. I'm going to have to get one of those things you put on your, your fingers and catch a page. You know, can we catch a page? Now, this is a chapter, Hosea chapter, uh, I said, did I say 12? I thought I said 12. Okay, I just want to make sure the numbers are rolling right today. All right, and it says 1210, I have also spoken by the prophets and I have multiplied visions and used similitudes by the ministry of the prophets. Now that word ministry there is to mislead you because it's actually the word yod, Y-A-W, by the hand of the prophets. That means God, that means God uses prophets to handle his people and handle his business. But you can't know that because to you, ministry to us is come down to us as just standing up there preaching and talking. We become a real yak yak institute. All we do is chat, 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 yak, yak, argue about this and that. But then and then if you go down. And it says verse 13, which is why I think it's so important, I always use this to establish it. It said, by a prophet, the Lord bought, brought Israel out of Egypt, and by a prophet was he preserved. So God doesn't just go and send a prophet to give you a word. There's a project, for, if, if this is an official prophet, because Amos, Amos is not the official project. His, his thing was just prophesying. Okay, just to give you some sort of whatever, and many of the minor prophets. So you, if you are a <clears throat> significant prophet, you have a project. God has something for you to do for him. And <clears throat> to understand that, what that means, let's, let us go back to Jeremiah 1. 
So when people come to me and tell me I've got a word and God told me to do this or that or whatever, I'm going to tell you right now, I want to see the fruit. Well, what is the fruit? That the word comes to pass? No, that you're willing to work it even when devils don't want it. That's what I'm looking for. Because not everything a devil says is the will of God. Not it. You know, some of it is because he has to kind of confuse people. Bless his heart. He's working it, though. Bless his heart. So I want you to remember this so you can say, understand that a prophet has a project. And a project that is to produce a product, an event, or process. A product, an event, or process. You need to be clear about this. You need to be. And so it says in the word, Jeremiah 1, 4, Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified you. You know, Jesus was sanctified in the womb. We think that it was afterwards. So he said, as a baby, everything that made Jeremiah who he was as a being was all handled in the womb, including the prophet's office. You cannot assume it. People can put you in it falsely, but they're putting you in a place. They're putting you in a performance. They're not putting you in power. They're not putting you in the office that has existed and predates this world. He said, I sanctified thee and I ordained thee a prophet to the. Do you know, we don't often think of that, that uh, Jeremiah was a prophet to the nations that as an Israeli, Israeli prophet, he actually was the voice of God to the nations. That's powerful. Then I said, ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak for I am a child. I don't know how old he was, but obviously he in their number scheme, he was a child. But the Lord said unto me, say not, I am a child, for thou shalt go to all that I send thee, and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, says the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. You know, when I see prophets that are vile and vile and vulgar and all of that, I consider them to be of the spirit of Saul. You remember King Saul? All the prophets were prophesying all these wonderful things God is doing to Saul down there cursing and swearing and being vulgar. That's what the anointing did on him. So when you look at these prophets who are gone, they were already corrupt. They never converted. And when God, when that 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 spirit of prophecy, which is for them divination, when that spirit came on them, they became vile and they became religiously vile and spiritually vulgar. And the Lord said unto me, behold, I put my words in your mouth. Can you imagine God just saying, huh? And you got his word, just his hand. See, it goes back to Hosea. By the, by the hand of the prophet, they're kept. And so, see, I have, now this is what I want you to get to. Are you all following me out there on social media? You know, I look forward to y'all. Stay with me. You're kind of a different audience, you know, because we're nighttime. Stay with me. See, I have this day set. That means appointed, inaugurated, ordained, installed, elevated. I have set thee over the nations and over the kingdoms. This is powerful stuff because God starts everything with a prophet. To root out, we're supposed to be rooting out stuff, not rooting for devils. 
to pull down, to destroy, and to throw down. And after you've cleared the way, then go build something. And then plant something godly in its place. You cannot be an ordained prophet of the Almighty and not having studied his scriptures, especially the words of his prophets. Because that's where you get your, your job details from. That's how you understand what he's saying and what he's doing. So if you're an ordained prophet, you are not just a voice box. You are never meant to be a voice box because you have to have a position. Samuel had a position. He traveled the circuit. And year by year, he went and taught people God, updated them on God and all of that. You have got to be the same way. And it's important that you recognize, <clears throat> excuse me, that you recognize that the prophet is not just a voice box, not the official prophet, the prophesier, which is why we have this clinic going on, because the prophesier, on the other hand, can only announce. They're the people that say, I saw something and I blah, blah, but can't make anything happen. And you could say, my leader won't let me. And I could say, your leader doesn't have to let you if God called you to it. Okay? If he called you to it, then he people will see it. But see, a lot of you all have been poorly trained in the prophetic. You've been so poorly trained that as far as you're concerned, if a thought comes into your head that you didn't summon, it's got to be prophecy. Your own observations got to be prophecy. Okay? That's how poorly trained we are and i'm trying to help you with that so moving on you might like this so if you look at all of that we've got the library of subjects we've got the file old files we've got the certified files of things that god certified and we have prophecy past present and future i wanted you to see that so just look at some of the titles they're here because prophets think differently. Prophets are never going to be locked in the now. They know there's something about yesterday contributed to this now or even forged it. And something that they're doing today is laying the groundwork, laying the foundation for the future. So prophets don't, they're, they're not all that caught up in it. A prophesier is caught up with having to have a word. And they'll chase you all down the road and carrying on because they have nothing else to do. Chase you down the road, lock you up in the bathroom, get you all in the restaurant and whatever. Nothing else to do. And no power to that word. See, the funny thing about an official prophet, that word has power. He said that. He put his hands on Jeremiah's mouth. He said Moses delivered the people and then kept them. So look at some of the things. Record of earth's renovations, uh, removal of darkness. Some of these are real things that op that occupy prophets' mind. You know, falling, failing the test, doomed and doomed to live or to live as the dead. These are all issues that God is dealing with. And so I wanted to share them with you because there are three main scriptures. And one of them, I just gave you the scriptures because they're powerful. And we're talking again talking about why God has prophets and why does he need them. So why does God have them? Well, we everybody thinks the way the modern world, because these people have been trained by pastors. How do you train a doctor through the janitor in the building or the security guard 
or the receptionist. You have to be trained by that which is. So pastors could never have gotten this right because it didn't come to them. A smart pastor will send them, just like you send them to school to be a lawyer, you send them to school to be an attorney, you send them to school to be a teacher, you need to send them to the place where they can become a trained prophet to your house. And most pastors won't do it because they don't like the fact that prophets are two and they're four. But you own that house. And if you have a reputable, credible institution to send them to, you need to do that because you cannot train a prophet. You don't have a prophet spirit. That's what he said from the womb, from the womb, Nehemiah 930, the spirit of the prophets that's in them. First Corinthians 14, spirit of the prophets. Pastors don't have the spirit to even comprehend the, the elements, forget the scope and the depth and breadth of the prophecy of God's mouth through a human being. That's why they have to prepare their sermons. We don't often prepare our prophecies. We, we, we can. We, ha we have some. I had to. Because some of them were so heady, I had to let God, please. Mm. So you need to understand these three reasons of why prophets exist. And ultimately, as I've been saying, this agenda, if you look at it, it's all about sex. This entire agenda is about sex because Satan is about sexuality because that's the only way he can re reproduce after his own kind. As we go on, we'll share this. So idolatry of the gods. That's why God needs prophets. Adultery, polygamy, promiscuity. And then fertility is promiscuity. So it's all about sex. And it's not sex for, for pleasure's sake. They, they, God then took all the pleasure they ever could have. But it's sex for reproductive sake. That, that is why the dating game, the dating game, it's not fun. And we call it a game. Let you know we don't expect anything serious to come from it. But, but the dating game, what is that? We used to date and have coffee. We used to sit on a porch and drink iced tea. We now go and go through a drive food, pick up a bag of burgers, and go to a hotel. Why? Why is it? important for everybody to be sexually charged, sexually awakened. Why? That is why we're struggling with the homosexual thing with kids in school. Because if you did your homework, you'd find out that most men had a slew of little boys that they actually called their mates and they sodomized them. And that was the way of the land. That's what Jesus shut down. And we opened it back up. So God's issues are these. And um, well, we have to know them. And then the common thread, marriage, sex, worship, and reproduction. And the only thing that I would add into that would be intoxication. Because this is what this is the best he can give you. And he has to always get us out of the creator's judgment, the creator's mentality and stability, lucidity, clarity. He has to have us intoxicated. Humans have got to be intoxicated for devils to take them over. So now you see we got the CBD all over the planet. We got all of that. He has to because if because he has to come against a sound mind. And that's what prophets are supposed to be able to bring to people because most of them are born like they are today, born into the mind of darkness, the mind of darkness born into them. So that is what God is talking about. When he starts saying, tell my people their transgressions and the house of 
Israel their sins. He's saying, God is not saying, oh, goodness, you all are just the, the, the mess that I made and I'm throwing it away. He's saying, I had to start you at the least. Because, see, he started Adam with all of it, and Adam did not register that it was good. He did not know he was gifted. That's a lot of people today. They you, God starts you with too good. When it's too good, you cannot fight for it. America is where it is right now, on its knees, and not necessarily in prayer. But America is on its knees right now because good did not keep them. Good did not restrain them. Good did not um, educate them. It, it, they, were, they got intoxicated. Success can be a blessing, but it's also intoxicated. And success is the precursor to distress because you're going to do something to mess it up because as far as you're concerned, this should be permanent. And God, I think he gave us a long, long spate of time. Now, if you look at it, three main locations, if you look in the Bible to find out of all of, of, all of these with the seven churches and the Nicolaitans, we're going to look at some of those. Ephesus, we talk about the Thyatira prophet Jezebel, Ephesus, Pergamos. Oh, Balaam under the Ephesus gave us Balaam. Pergamos gave us the Nicolaitans and Thyatira gave us Jezebel. So they're always tied to geographic locations. Now, I, I, was, I came up in the era of Christ where they talked about we shouldn't tell people that because they'll be scared. So, but you know, fear is healthy. There's a, you need to be afraid of standing in a seven-lane highway. Come on. At midnight, you should be scared because even if someone sees you, they can still run over you because they can't stop in time. They took away every factor, every pillar of wisdom. Wisdom is not just knowledge and intelligence. Wisdom is godly fear. You should know that wisdom is godly fear. In addition to godly fear, wisdom is also wholesome guilt. Because guilt tells you when the wrong emotion is being engendered by something you've done. And it's telling you it guilt is literally an alarm alert emotion. You need to rethink that path. You need to rethink that because you're generating hormones for something that should be repented of and stopped. So it shouldn't be reproductive. So when you talk to pagans and you talk to Buddhists and, and uh, Hindus and all of those other religions, they are always going to talk to you about getting rid of fear and getting rid of guilt wholesale. They're always going to tell you that. Because the, my scripture says, for the fear of the Lord is the beginning of. See, so fear is a wisdom pillar. Godly fear is a wisdom pillar. Now, we're not talking about panic. Although some of those things we have, should, we should be scared, but you should recognize that. And guilt is necessary because only guilt will bring you to repentance. And until you feel guilty, you will not be, you will not repent. And thus you can't receive forgiveness. So you will languish under the judgment of that act or that deed for decades. That's why when people decide to say they, they, don't, they don't want to deal with Christians, they don't want to go to church because they don't want to have to stand before God or say in front of God that, oh, that was, oh, Jesus. And, and, but I repent. They would rather go someplace where they can blame it, where they can offload it, where they can deflect it or defend it. And that is what, say, that's his institution. That is what he's built on. 
So all of the, all of the, like, for example, they'll sit there and talk to you about kindness and they're the most unkind people we met. Cause why are we here as a nation? Clearly you don't believe in the kindness you espouse. Wow. Cause your God can't do kindness. He cannot be kind. That's not him. They'll sit there and talk about love and the most vile, uh, repugnant love attributes and, and, and attitudes and access that you ever had. You're talking about you. God is love. And you're talking about your institution wants children to be literally trained and educated in, in homosexuality. And that's love. Love does no harm to his neighbor. Love is kind. And kind comes from kin. We should know those things. So we from Ephesus, we get Balaam from Pergamos. We got the Nicolaitans from Thyatira, we got Jezebel, and all of them, the prophetic. See, the prophetic. And so moving on, so why is this a clinic? I mean, why are we talking about a clinic? Let's look at some of these things that we're saying. We've had this file up. You're going to see it a lot. I added to it the file of the world because that's what God's prophecy continues with. All the files on all the earth since the beginning of time and the files that produced and generated the earth or that captured data on our pre-earth because there was an earth before this one. That's why it existed when God said, let there be light. He didn't say, well, let me go make a planet and then throw some light on. Yeah, let me just, oh, I got one in my pocket here. No, there was, there was always an earth, just like there were Venus and all of those other planets. Many people are like, well, we don't know what happened. I clearly know what happened. God prophesied by Isaiah. See, he does everything but a prophet. He said, but I'm going to destroy all the universe. It's in there. I'm going to destroy the earth and then destroy all the other planets. You have to look in there and dig it out because they want you to think that this is all about God having a fit with earth. The reason Venus had has residual this gas or whatever they have is because they were a planet and it was a population. It just was demonic. Mm -hmm. That's so that's what where you think they're coming from when they're talking about they bringing them into the portal from the portal. Where you think they're coming from? Well, now you do. So when we look at this and we look at sorry guys. Let me go back because I'm having too much fun. So when we look at the clinic, you know, what are we talking about? Well, I intend to change prophetic education and training, and I'm not going to let it be something where people just sit in the room and prophesy to the wind and then say the first thing that pops into their minds. I am sorry that that has been the, the, the tantamount of prophetic education. Because, but, but it could be nothing more if you're going to strictly define it as prophecy. See, God used the donkey. So you don't really have to teach people to prophesy. How about it? You really don't. So prophetic education needs to be more forensic. We need to start because the prophets, think about it. The reason psychics are accepted is because they got themselves established as, an, uh, as a science. We're still trying to be a religious art or artifact or artistic relic. I'm not quite sure. What are we trying to do? We don't know. Oh, there we go. So when you think about a clinic, you're looking at workshops. 
But if you go to most of these prophetic workshops, it's all about seeing and saying, seeing and saying, seeing and saying. All about seeing and saying, seeing and saying, seeing and saying. If you look at, we should be examining things. Well, what do we examine? We examine cases. We examine and we, we, we lay them against modern times instead of saying this is archaic, so this is no longer relevant. We, we give God credit for being smart, for being the alpha and omega, the beginning and the ending, the first and the last, what he said he was. So with all of these specialized education, we're talking about seminars that do more than just preach. we got seminars where you just have church in another place. You pay $2,000 to have church in another place. No breakouts, no contributions, no conversations, just seminars. And then we put you in a room and tell you, go pray for people. We don't know what you're going to say. I don't have strangers praying over my folk when they come here. I have trained, highly trained veterans praying because then I, I and I have records of how they pray so I can pretty much tap into what they're going to say, not turn to your neighbor. I don't want my neighbor to touch me. I don't know my neighbor. I'm telling you, I don't know where my neighbor been. I don't know where my neighbor's hands been. I don't know where, who my neighbor slept with. I don't know anything about my neighbor except they my neighbor. And you're sitting in the same spot, spot class or spontaneous class that I am. So you haven't tried what they taught either. And you're, gonna, you're not going to try it on me. So no, I don't like it. And when the people do that, I, I, I'm very obnoxious. I'm not grabbing my neighbor and I don't want my neighbor to grab me. You do that kind of nonsense when you need feelings. So I don't need feelings. I have impartational mantleship. My mantle imparts. So my neighbor is too caught up with trying to figure out what I just said to touch me. Okay. <laughs> my neighbor's like, um, you know, I need my neighbor to learn and hear and practice what we're doing not to do that so when i'm when i'm ministering i don't have to say touch your neighbor my neighbors are scratching their head like do you know what she just said heart hand on heart lord forgive me I'm, uh, uh, I'm telling you but that is what you do when you don't have anything to fill the void because jesus taught taught he nowhere in scripture does it say he told everybody to have mass laying on the hands because he knew the devils he knew the devil's people brought to the meeting. He knew the devils that people were going back home to. He knew the addictions and he knew the creature he made. And he knew Satan transfers through touch. That's why he made a point of saying where two or three are gathered together in my name. That means you need to invoke his name. He said, then I'm in the midst of you. Then I'm the guardian. I'm the shield. So, no, you will never see that. And if anybody does it in my stuff, I tell them many, many times, don't ever do that again. Let God handle my neighbor. <laughs> Can God touch my neighbor? That's what I want. All right. When you look at case study, these are just some of the things, thematic analysis, um, thematic study of situations, outcomes and effects, analytic review, specialized or particular inspection. So all of that. It's supposed to be done. And if you build a curriculum around that, you'll have a lot more effective program. You can say that it's not in Scripture. And I can show you that it's in Scripture from Genesis to Revelation because God's a teacher. The second half of the Great Commission is teaching. We don't hear that a lot, but it is. Go make disciples of all nations. Isn't that something? Hmm. And then he said teaching them. Teach what? 
teaching them everything I can. He didn't say teaching what the, what the Buddha said. He didn't say teaching them what the shaman taught you. He did not say that. He said teaching them everything that I gave you. Half of you all are so trained by darkness. You are you can't understand that if Jesus showed up, you'd call him a devil. Wow. That's how familiar you are with darkness. You would call him a devil. I know that because people have called us devils. Missed that while you were gone. So let's look at this. We did biblical case precedence. Scripture is not there to be your current events, but scripture explains your current events. And it gives you a tool to analyze your current events because the Bible is not just ancient, it's eternal. God's prophetic continuum is eternal. We're going to talk about that in a minute. But here, this is Jeremiah having this conflict at this prophetic meeting. We covered it before. We'll cover it again. You know, you don't just cover a lecture once. You kind of need it again and again. And so Jeremiah 28, 7 through 9, where the prophets have told, you know, they're all together talking about, you know, the, the king is going to win. Go for it. You know, have at it. You know, like, like Biden's prophets. They're all in it, and the one that's going to go to jail is the one that's going to say, you know what, but you're getting ready to be, okay, just wait, uh -huh. mm. and you go contrary to the prophets, and you need to stop thinking that only Christians are prophets. Remember, prophets predate Christians. Prophets predate the church. Prophets predate Israel. Prophets go all the, back, all the way back to Abel, and if Abel was just a voice box, then why did Jesus call him a prophet? Obviously, he did something, and that should have sparked in you and all of our forerunners who have been there before us in this to say, well, what did he do? Like, but they did it. They did not because they were stuck at that. And then when, we got, when Jesus said it, because remember, we had an era. I do a test. You remember the test that I do? Here's a test. You all, here's a test. I want you to go into your Bible. I want you to go to the New Testament. And I want you to go to Ephesians 4.11 and see that the fourth officer, not first, the fourth officer, the fourth mantle, the fourth ministry is the pastor. Isn't that great? Now, after you do that, I want you to go to your trusty concordance <laughs> in the New Testament. And see how many times pastor is mentioned in the New Testament. Clearly, God felt differently about them, which is what he did in Jeremiah when he was he, he got hot with the pastors and then the shepherds and, and, and throughout the prophets. Now, I want you to do that. And then I want you to put on my site. I counted pastor in the New Testament. One. 10, whatever. Now, I've asked this to leaders. I promise you, I asked this to leaders. And they'll use numbers like, oh, well, at least 25, at least 15, at least so-and-so. And I said, are you sure? Well, yeah, because after all, if they're running the church today, they must be prolific in the New Testament. They have to be ubiquitous, if you will. I can get deep. Good word, good word. Did I do it? Yeah. like that. You know, you have to catch the, the trigger words. And so I want you to do that. Now, I want you to do the exact same thing 
with prophets. And I want you to go to your trusty New Testament concordance. And I bet you some of you have already done it. My people down here looking at the audience, they looking in the phones, they looking on what, what y'all what y'all doing? What are you doing? And I want you to see how many times the New Testament mentions prophets. Does anybody want to take a stab at that? I, I submit to you, and I always key in prophet and prophets. I don't include prophecy because God wants all of us to prophesy. So when you, when you look at that, how many of you all looked? Anybody here? What, did you look right? What did you find? Uh-huh. Which is in my book. So he said the number of the Oh, okay. She said pasture comes up once in the New Testament. Does anybody hear a bell ringing? I hear a ringing bell. Once in the New Testament. Prophet comes up 227 times and that's not including the names of the ones that are mentioned there agabus adds one silas adds one judas adds one anybody get and can we talk about jesus being a prophet all right so nearly 230 times now i want you to tell me because see y'all keep wanting to write us that stupid stuff because you preaching your pastor Instead of the scripture. Half of the pastors don't even know that. They're like, oh no, because we're, we're because we grip the church, we snatch the church, we bar the church, we bar everybody from the church, we adjudicate the church's issues. You assume that pastors is in the New Testament a lot of times. So they get one mention. And fortunately, we, he said plural, so we knew we, he had more than one of them. That's Ephesians 4.11. In Ephesians, I mean, in 1 Corinthians 5, uh, 12, there's only, no pastors in that list. Not one pastor. Why? Because the prophetic grounded, founded and grounds creation. That's why everybody has them. Devils got prophets, witches got scientists, got prophets, all they have prophets. They may not always have a, have a pastor some of them and a matter of fact they do they probably call them coaches or counselors or advisors or something like that is this okay to say see i need you all to understand i'm i don't care how much you want to push back on us and i don't care how much you think you can push back on me i'm standing on eternity i'm moving in this eternal con continuum i'm not in the cobblestone of the world i'm just saying what, what, you looking for something now Ah, uh, how much is that? Three times for evangelist. Well, because of, because Timothy was considered was told to evangelize, but that's not because he was an evangelist. Right. See, do your do your homework. If you're gonna get out there and start writing folks and writing stupid stuff, do your homework. You know. Well, it's the truth. Do your homework. Research words. Don't just go and say, well, you know, my pastor says, and so this is it. When I'm, I'm telling you, I've been in this thing 40 years. You think I haven't worked out the woman thing? I know I worked it out. So when, well, it's the truth. I worked it out. 
Because I thought, oh, this keeps coming up. I'm going to need to kill this. So, Jeremiah, I want everybody, when you get an opportunity to read Jeremiah 28, if you are a prophetic educator, if you are an apostle or prophet and you have a team or a group, have them go through Jeremiah 23 and Jeremiah 28. Now, I think you should read the whole thing, but some people are like, you know, it's got 50 chapters. These are, come on, baby. War and Peace got more chapters. Okay? You sit there and watch a three-year series. That's a lot of chapters. Okay? And Harry's, Harry's book is all whatever, but see, you love, because men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. See, the reason Harry Potter made it with Christians because they were evil deeded Christians. Because Christians should have been afraid. I just told you. Yeah, y'all, you shitty bell. I love you, though. You know, I love you, dear. I'm like Samuel, but don't turn. Stay with Jesus. And so, and so, um, they're having a meeting. I said, <coughs> and I used the wrong king because it's actually King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. No, he said Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. I'm, how about some water? It was actually Zedekiah who God blinded. He was so mad with him. So that's why I like to go back and read it because sometimes even my I get the names all mixed up, especially when you, all you do is listen to the Bible. And I do that a lot. But Hananiah goes and he's the prophet of Gibeon. And he spoke to the, in the house of the Lord, which, uh, you know, when we think house of the Lord, we think, you know, our little churches. No, these people got like they, they had whole, you know, two, three blocks because the king is there and all of the people got to be able to come and they're doing all of that stuff. And so thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, saying, I have broken the yoke of the king of Babylon. Within two full years, I will bring again to this place. And he tells them how wonderful it is and you're going to win. And, and I will bring again to this place, uh, Yaconiah, the son of Jehoiakim, king of Judah. And everybody's coming home. Guys, even though they've been deported, they're coming home. We're going to bring them back. God's bringing them back. And the prophet Jeremiah said unto the prophet Hananiah in the presence of the priest and in the presence of all the people that stood in the house of the Lord, even the prophet Jeremiah, who has authority and dominion over nations. Not just situations. And said, the Lord do so. The Lord perform thy words which thou hast prophesied to bring again the vessels of the Lord's house and all that is carried away captive from Babylon into this place. Nevertheless, I like the nevertheless. Whenever God gives you a nevertheless, you better hear up. Nevertheless, hear thou now this word that I speak in thine ears and in the ears of all the people. The prophets that have been before me, this here is, this ought to be every prophet's measuring stick. The prophets that have been before thee of old. That's continuum talk, just in case you didn't understand it have been before thee of old prophesied both against many countries, not just ours, many countries, and against great nations, I mean great kingdoms of war and of evil and of pestilence. The prophet which prophesies of peace when the word of the prophet shall come to pass, then shall the prophet be known that the Lord has truly sent him. Then Hananiah, the prophet, 
took the yoke from the off the prophet Jeremiah's neck and break it. And Hananiah spoke in the presence of all the people, saying, Thus saith the Lord, even so will I break the yoke of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, from the neck of all nations within the space of two full years. Then we get the dates and carrying on. And the prophet Hananiah, Jeremiah went his way. Because Jeremiah's like, listen, right now, this is an under, uh, unexpected development. <laughs> Now, God, I got your I got your continuum. I got your pattern down pat, your principles. But I just don't know where I'm going to go with this. So then he goes, and then the word, verse 12, then the word of the Lord came unto Jeremiah the prophet after that Hananiah the prophet had broken the yoke from off the prophet Jeremiah's saying. Go and tell, so I love it when God, see God let you get all humiliated. All of y'all hung, hang tough prophets. Know what God said. Your friends then laughed at you. The rest have ridiculed you. Then they embarrass you. Then they call you false. All of you all get excited. Get excited. Come on. Jeremiah actually, when he took the yoke, that was their way of firing the prophet. So this guy was caught up in his, he was intoxicated with his divination. He had that divine wine had taken him over. Go and tell Hananiah, saying, Thus saith the Lord, thou hast broken the yokes of wood, but thou shalt make for them yokes of iron. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, God of Israel, I have put a yoke of iron upon the neck of all these nations, that they may serve Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and they shall serve him. And I have given him the beasts of the field also. See, this is the thing about God prophets ought to know. Like, you don't think God's going to say, go kill mother and child, rip baby out. You don't think that that's God. So that's why you changed. See, the pastors changed the gospel. That one little finger changed the gospel. Then said, then said the prophet Jeremiah unto Hananiah the prophet. Here now. Hananiah, the Lord has not sent thee. We ought to be able to say that. The Lord has not sent thee, but thou makes these people trust in a lie. Didn't they? 2020, that's what they did. Made them trust in a lie. Wow. Therefore, thus saith the Lord, behold, I will cast thee from off the face of the earth. This year thou shalt die. Hear this, hear this. Because thou has taught rebellion against the Lord. 17, so Hananiah the prophet died the same year in the seventh month. The re God's hand is not too short, it cannot save, nor has God changed. He says, I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's what he said. The issue is God could give that prophecy and the people will have a fit about it. Or somebody won't say, well, Lord, I can't say that. I can't say so-and-so going to die because after all, telling people they're going to die is anti-God and anti-Christ. Isn't it? And God be, God, God's wiping out. First of all, people are dying every day. I don't even understand what the big deal is. Just because somebody some publicizes your date of death. <laughs> okay, which is you're all right for them to predict it, but your date of death, 
And then also the power of God, the presence of God in it, and the posture of God. The posture of God in Jeremiah's time was that the devil is taking over my kingdom, over my nations. People are dying. He's making, he's making my, he's voiding my laws with his lies. And then on top of it all, he's imitating or perpetrating himself as he is me. So people think that I, Yahweh, am the wicked God and Satan, the destroyer, is the good God. See, when it, things get to that point, Isaiah points it out, things get to that point. Isaiah 1.5 talks about woe to him to cause good evil and evil good. Satan is 100% God's antithesis. 100%. He cannot love you because he has been stripped of love. He can't be good to you. He can behave. I'm talking now. If you want to talk about his behaviors, as opposed to his emotions, his emotional state, his sentimental makeup, you need to understand he cannot. That is why the minute you make him mad, you're dead. Your kids dead. Your kids and somebody. No, and he can't be merciful because that's not been given to him. Because all of those are attributes attributes of the Almighty. That is, that's how God knew iniquity was in him because God was seeing the, his various virtues and graces and his abilities and his righteousness and goodness. He was watching them dissipate in his being. And in their place was something very dark and very ugly. Can we just say that? So we talked about prophet being in scripture nearly 650 times. Can you believe that? And yet, we're telling you prophets are done away with. If they are, so is the Bible. And if they are, so is your salvation. And if they are, so is your afterlife. The devil is working hard to, re, to, to restart, roll us back to BC God with high tech. Really back to, to Babel, because that's where all of that high tech stuff was being uh, done until God changed it. So the Almighty's continuum from before the garden until the end of time. That's why I have the book, Before the Garden, so you'd know what happened, what was happening before we got a garden. And so in Ephesians 1.4, just so you can see what we're talking about, uh, Ephesians 1.4, according as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Now, why should we be blameless? Like, what's that all about? Because we are wheat among the tares. Mm. We're the light among the darkness. We're life among death. Identity is your key to destiny. Most of you saints don't even know what your salvation is all about. That's why you can't fight for God. First Peter 1, 19 and 20. But with the precious blood of Jesus Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was, look at how he writes, phrases this, foreordained before. The foundation of the world. So the question about, well, did Jesus know, did God know that, that Adam would fail? Yeah, who was foreordained. He already had the solution. He had the recovery, recovery plan, and it was in a being because a being fell, and because the genetic, the gene pool, or the genome of humanity became 100% seized and perverted by the serpent. So if he if it was foreordained, that means something happened before this world to make God know that needed to be. I just want you to hear this because we're getting to the, I'm getting ready to give you some pictures. Matthew, then shall the king say unto them 
Matthew 25, 34, on, on his right hand, come ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. John, Father, I will that they all, 1724, that they also whom thou has given me to be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory, which thou has given me for the son, but thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. So there is another world. You know, that's why we Marvel is playing around with this concept, because there is another world. It's just that their world is mostly illusory. Ephesians 1, 4, um, that we should, that according as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be, what, without hope, be holy and without blame and love. Now, there is a passage that I also think you might find interesting, talking about foundation of the world, continuing. So these people who are whipping up these prophecies in the back room of hell. The back room of hell. What? Isn't that what they're doing? They're just whipping it up. They're talking, and they're, and they're they're divining by devils. And because Christians don't have a strong, cohesive, and united prophetic force, their words seem to prevail because nobody is backing their devils down while we're retiring our angels. With all our angels, our angels on they're on layoff, furlough. Okay, I, I mean, and meanwhile, their devils are working day and night. Well, how do you say that, Dr. Price? Well, you, you go to the movies, their devils are working. You can see that. You look at technology, their devils are working. You look at the name of software programs, their devils are claiming them. They're working, even though it's your God's products and material that they're using. And so I, I just want you to know. Um. Listen to this, though, that in, in Psalm 49, it talks about my mouth shall speak of wisdom and the meditation of my heart shall be of understanding because you have to understand how God does God. And then he talks about he will open his mouth and utter parables that have been hidden or secrets have been hidden since the foundation of the world. Those are ours. And they're breaking the seal on our secrets and they're tossing them into their little wheelbarrow of darkness and blending them with God's truth and creation's powers. Okay, so do you understand what false prophets and false prophecy is about? These are it. I color coded them so you can see who, whatever and whoever is doing what. Witchcraft, false prophets equal witchcraft plus wizardry, idolatry, sorcery, which is pharmacia. You want to know why we are, why all of a sudden we are struggling with, with CBD? Because we allowed, uh, Harry Potter was the institution that crashed the church, crushed righteousness, and moved in dark principalities with human positions. See, Satan has got to get our position, our permission to do anything. He has to get our permission. So how does he do it? He convinces us that we're the best thing that happened since creation and that in the reality, he's the creator. And, you know, you think about it, Satan can only do wicked. I, that's why I know he's not the creator. He's single dimensional. Because God said, I make peace. I create good and evil. I make peace and calamity. I kill and I make alive. He, Jesus said he can only kill. He cannot bring you back to life. 
He tried that with Moses' body. It didn't work. So all of this, false prophet, drugs, fertility, sexuality, all of this. Remember, sex is the spirit realm's transit system. That's why God made a big deal about saying to us in John chapter 1, verses 12 and 13, who were born not of the will of man, nor of the will of the flesh, but of God, letting us know my fruit, my eternal beings do not need sexuality for, to be reproduced. I don't reproduce through sexuality eternal be beings. Now, my natural being, yeah, we did that. That's natural. I need you to get fle flesh. I need you to come from, you came from clay so that you would know it. So here's what fa false prophets are supposed to be tackling. Oh, man, the true prophets are supposed to be tackling because false prophets, this is their, this is what they peddle. This is their currency. You want power? Oh, some witch is going to maneuver creation. We find out in Galatians chapter 5 that witchcraft is a work of the flesh. But it's also works the flesh. It gains its power from the flesh because God forever stripped devils of the power that they had before Christ rose from the dead. Jezebel prophets of Thyatira, you all remember Thyatira? Look at that, pagan, professional, political. Is that not today? Yes. Meanwhile, the church, we're not supposed to be in politics. So devils should be in politics. See, that's why pastors should were never trusted with the word of God. They were, it was transmitted to them. But when God came to the planet, he brought his word to apostles and prophets, starting with the prophets and culminating with the apostles because they're going to tell you where Thyatira is today. They're going to tell you where, what is what is and most people don't want to hear it because you kind of, the, the devils have, you know, you're wearing their cloak. You're wearing their grease right now. You're wearing their, their anointing. You're wearing their mantle. And so you're going to fight for that even though you know in your gut something is wrong. But you don't trust what's in your gut because you don't believe in a new creature and you don't believe the Holy Spirit is dwelling in you. Jezebel means Baal exhort, exalts, or Baal is husband, or unchaste. That's Jezebel. That's what it means. So if you look at today, you look at their, their what is this whole exaltation of marriage? Marry anything? All about the sacred marriage? That's what a demon, that's a demon marrying a woman. That's what you all see. You look at the movies. They're telling you about it. And so today was back then it was Baal. Today is Baphomet. Same devil. He can't change. He just changes his name and new generations don't know and don't care because, well, they never knew. So Baal is husband. That's what Jezebel means or unchaste. Now, the pagans are going to tell you that if these are not its meanings. But again, if we trust Jesus Christ, wisdom, he said, you will know them by their fruits. We're talking about now marriages being destroyed. We're talking about families being destroyed. We're talking about same sex marriage. He hates God's man and woman marriage. He hates it. He got, hates it. And he has to have transgenderism because he has to have this fake female because the only other way for them to get married was through male sexual contact and devils are male now demons can be all of it because they're coming through adam's seed y'all okay? okay so jezebel is not just women 
Jezebel has always had a prophetic institution. Want to hit that again? Okay. okay. That's a hot button for in case you all didn't know. Jezebel is not just women. Jezebel is prophetic power. It is spiritual supremacy. It is satanic dominance. And it's not female. I just want you to know because all Jezebel's prophets were mainly male. Those that Elijah took out, they were mainly male. So I don't even know where that. And you and, and wait a minute, but can you tell? You see, theology is dumb. It is dumb. Human theology, God's theology is amazing. Human theology is dark. So you have this woman who has four hundred prophets, and given the culture of the day, those prophets are male. And you're going to say that a woman with strength is Jezebel, when in fact you're the man saying it. She had 400 of you under her thumb. I think she ought to be praised that she was able to pull that off. Now, granted, maybe not without her husband, but he only married her to give her the official authority to do what she was going to do. We're seeing today the power of an office over an influence, over a gifting. So Jezebel's prophets go back to Cain, the father and founder of nature worship, because that's why God can say witchcraft is a work of the flesh. They have to do nature. They got to be handling dead stuff. They got to be doing flowers, fruits, and veggies. They got to be doing all of this kind of the humanist stuff. Even human sacrifice is a flesh thing. Because they certainly can't do anything with the spirit of God. They can't do anything with your new creation spirit. So it's all about the flesh. And then Jezebel is considered to be queen of the false prophet. Prophet Jezebel. So what's wrong with Jezebel? Well, Jesus talks about her in Revelation. He's not talking about the queen that was in uh, Israel married to Ahab, he's talking about her. And he's saying he's using these tools that you see over to the right. He's using them as filters, but also as inspectors. So for, number one, son of God, if you're not born of God and you're not one of God's children, you, can, you, can't, you won't know Jezebel from hell. Okay. And the fiery, flaming, fiery eyes. He's telling you that his eye, we think fiery meaning, oh, God, look, they're bright. No, he's saying that there's a whole electronic thing going on in his eyes. He's piercing. His The spirit is life. And so that spirit in him is surveilling, piercing, examining. And he's telling you about, he's the guy with the glowing bronze feet, meaning rulers of the earth full knowledge of the commendable, and none of that is an issue. So you need to recognize, look at her. Every time you see Jezebel, Jezebel is nasty. Do you see, how about all, all of a sudden the women's shoulders are out? Jezebel. You look at the way people getting married. There's not a woman that doesn't get married with the thing, well, not a nanium, but the majority of them, with the, the, uh, the shoulder out, Jezebel. To, uh, look at it and then look at her to, to even to get it because you cannot be covered because Satan needs you to be naked because spirits enter through your pores. So if you don't have that and, and it also fosters sexuality, meaning fosters, you know, the seductions and the, the arousal of men see that because they have to constantly think about dumping the seed 
Isn't that powerful? Dumping the seed. And the woman has to always think about how she's going to appeal to this man. I watched a, a show this week and it said, well, everybody knows that, you know, sexuality is the height of negotiating tools. I was like, well, yeah, I guess devil to devil that would be. Because, you know, clearly he's not real bright if he has to keep using the bottom instead of the top. Just saying. I mean, clearly he can't be. Jezebel spread Balaam and the doctrines of the Nicolaitans. So what does that look like? What does that look like? So, you know, she's Jezebel is the one. So I don't care what he changes his name to. He's always going to have a Jezebel. And we saw that. We see the rituals that, they, that he has with different celebrities, rap stars and rock stars and whatever, you know. And he has to have a bunch of them because he can't get one that's just right. That's why he needs divorce. I mean, his character and his limitations show up in his culture. We're so busy admiring it, we're not analyzing it. Now, so Baal, the supreme male divinity of the Phoenicians or the Canaanites. Now, who are the Canaanites? Isn't that us? Children of Ham, the father, black folk. And we always in this predicament. Look at the rap. Help us. I mean, as a collective, always. And so Baal is the husband God. Well, if it's a husband thing, then you have to keep pushing marriage. Because see, all those one-third of angels that left heaven, did anybody hear me? Left heaven with him? He's like, y'all better, you better do something because we done lost this thing. We can hear them do it again. See, he's lost it. He, he, so he brings them out. He made them think he can take out Jesus Christ. He can take out God. He can, he can dethrone the most high. And they like, oh, yay, let's do it. Let's just take him out. Let's do it. And then he got and, and found out that Michael had a few trips up his sleeve. And the Christ is a, is a formidable warrior. And it says very clearly, Revelation 12, neither is there place found in heaven anymore. So. Now, their place is not found. That's very interesting because, see, what we call places, some places sit, squats, eat, and sleep. That's not God. What God calls place is a power station, power packs, access, drawing, energy. And he said he doesn't have it. And if you read Ezekiel, he says that I will bring fire out of the midst of you, meaning I'm taking your power. So he's operating on dead power, and he's actually operating on the battery power that God put here for humanity which is why he needs humans and he also needs Christians. Because, see, we got that Holy Ghost thing going on on the inside. Huh. That's why God has to turn it off. Jezebel prophetics. <clears throat> the Nicolaitans are anti-law, meaning anti-God and Christ doctrine. They think of the hyper-grace, just think of the hyper-grace message. They promote compromise, ridicule, separation from the world. <clears throat> like Old Testament predecessor, Thyatira's Jezebel gathers and trains prophets to work for Satan's kingdom. Illuminati and all those other ones. See, organize prophets into a professional guild like today's marketplace prophets. Huh? What did I do? Yeah. 
this one? Now, there are several more of these, but you need to understand how to recognize it. So what do we do at a slide like that? What do, how do you handle it? You know, what you do is you realize you have to find out what the Nicolaitans taught. And I've got seven more slides on the Nicolaitans, which will be in a class. She grabbed a mic. What is this? There's also some things in the archives that we can put on for sale. Go after it. We'll be digging up. Yes. But I have several more slides of the, uh, the uh, Nicolaitans because you need to understand that the Nicolaitans were are, are offshoots of Balaam. So the Balaam prophets are going to peddle Nicolaitan doctrine. Is that good to know? So when you think about it, think about right now, anti-law, because the, Paul said there's a law in my members that I just can't handle. So what we do, when you hear the hyper grace thing, the hyper grace is the idea that grace is going to forgive you no matter what. Now, here's the truth. Grace is not, is, it, grace is more of a virtue than it is what we call an anointing. Grace is actually a power. It is the power to live like Jesus Christ in this world the way he would if he were here. So they've got the grace. Then they promote compromise. Oh, God doesn't mind. He doesn't care. You can wear jeans. You can wear nasty clothes. You can be naked. Why? Because Jezebel has got, even Satan has to know where Jezebel's spirit is. And he does it through fashion. Did you want to hit the bell? Sure. <laughs> so you think that all of this free attire, and, and, and meanwhile, he gets to vilify the church or modesty. So all of this free attire is all the attire of paganism. These are pagan women. I know they don't like to think it, but they are pagan. And they start. if you listen to some of their messages when they first start out and then listen to the change, Follow them down the line. You'll hear the change from modesty to paganism. And it will come up with justifications about liberty, about freedom, about God being okay with this, about your clothes don't matter, how you look don't matter. Now, the man sit there and talk all the time about clothes. A lot. Okay, doesn't he? And then so that, and then... Then they mock you because you don't want to hang out with them. You won't go to the club. You won't drink. You won't fornicate. You won't marry an unsaved person. You won't marry a pagan. See, they mock you for that because those are all psychological tools for soul demolition. Psychological tools for soul demolition. And, and the first step in destroying a soul is to desensitize it. Dumb it down. And after you desensitize it, you can dumb it down because it won't know that it's not getting the same thing. It's like it's like a poor starved dog that you can just give it. You can give it steak and it'll still think it's garbage or you can give it the best dog food in the world and it still won't know the difference. Why? No. And then we have the, the many of these prophets training. Do you all know how many prophets are trained in shamanism? divination astrology all of these pagan arts and they're so, and you know what they're told because they're too lazy to read it's in the bible 
they act as if it's in the Bible as a positive thing and not as a curse thing. And then lastly, organize profits into a professional guild. So they look at it. When you look at all of these profits that are, you know, we're, we're in this network and it's all about marketplace and getting now. Don't get me wrong. I believe in marketplace because I believe we're, we're supposed to be omnipresent. Right. Profits, we need to be omnipresent. That means anything God is doing, we ought to have a prophet doing it. Anything God's responsible for, we ought to have a prophet doing it. So. I'm excited because I actually just, can you believe this? I ran out of slides. <laughs> I got the whole thing out. Boy, the Lord is with me. Hallelujah. Ta-da! Ta-da! If you haven't seen so on your screen already, there is in our uh, e-store, Profile of a false prophet mm. that you can download the audio profile of a false prophet. You can go to ppmglobalresources.com. You can see it right there on your screen. Put it in the search. Also, answering the call to prophesy may have rolled through your screen and history of prophecy, mm. the history of prophecy. But since Dr. Price was talking about that old Jezebel, you might want to find a profile of that. a false prophet. And while she was talking, I was digging <laughs> in my archives. And found what did you find? A teaching that you did some years ago called Exposing Jezebel. Mm. We will put that up tonight. And so you'll be able to get that tonight. Download that audio and set your soul free and maybe somebody else's as well. There's a lot. Uh, since Dr. Price is the author of the Prophet's Dictionary, what we love about her is her authorship <laughs> did not stop with one book. No, no. Now she always says. Why are people always asking me if I'm going to write this and that? And then says, I'm writing six books at once. Yeah. Okay. And so as the author of the Prophet's Dictionary, her wisdom and research and expertise did not stop there. You want to make sure you download those products. You want to make sure you register for the Tulsa Prophetic Training Institute. We're going to blink three times, have two good sleeps, and be there. Just two. We only sleep in twice until then. <laughs> okay. Until TPTI, Tulsa Prophetic Training Institute. You do not have to be a prophet to attend TPTI. You don't even have to really know if you're prophetic or not. If you want to know what the prophetic is all about, how to ready yourself for what God is doing, equip yourself. You need to register and show up. There is also a private prophets luncheon with Dr. Price on Friday of the event. If you're, let's just say you live locally in Tulsa, you're not able to attend the event, but you can register for that luncheon. You can come just for that luncheon. Yes. Even if you cannot attend the rest of the event, we want to encourage you to make the time to be in attendance because I tell you what, it's a closed door session on purpose. I think with social media and everything else, uh, we really do have the impression that you can just give everything away yeah. to the body. Like everything should be, I should say, told to the body at large. I'll mm. say it like that. And that's not always the case. No, In isn't. fact, most of the time, it's not really the case. A lot of what Dr. Price says is her teaching, it's edification, it's correction, it's, but very few secrets of God are revealed. Yeah, no, we, we're still trying to get what he actually disclosed in the word. <laughs> 
I mean, that's what we're going through today was how many scriptures about what was already written and getting that accurate. And so we're going to have that closed session uh, involving whatever the Lord is going to have to say to the officers, the officials. Why is this just for official prophets ordained? You need to mm -hmm. prove you are ordained, not just that God said something to you in a closet somewhere. <laughs> where nobody was, but you and God, you have got to be ordained in order to get into this session. You'll be vetted. We'll ask you some questions. If we don't know you, who is backing you, where are your papers and do not whip something up from online. I promise you, we know how to research around here. All right. Yeah, well, I mean, let's do. be a prophet that has integrity. Okay. Mm. And to disclose these things that only an officer can do something with, because there are times when only the office can handle the matters at hand that's and true. that's what's going on there. So don't miss this opportunity. Please don't be one of those people who you look up and you've been saying for five years, you were going to come here to this thing. If five, and then, you know, COVID happened. That was, two, that was two years ago. Mm -hmm. And we had an event that year <laughs> and we had an event after that yep. and we all still alive and nobody is dead. And then we had, we haven't won this year too. So, okay, don't do that. But it's time to give. It's time to sow. I'm sure that information is probably rolled through your screen as well. You want to sow into this. We're going to close out today's broadcast with our commercials. Did we do the show one? The I mean, the TPTI one? Okay. We'll give you the promo for TPTI. And then after that, right after that, the commercial for how to support and partner with us. You you're, you're can see with uh, Taking It On with Paula Price, her television show, having new guests rolling out. Her reach is expanding, and that's because of your connection to us and your support. So thank you for tuning in to our brandy new Thursday night slot, 8 p.m. Share, 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 tag, 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 post, 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 do what you do best, so, spread so, the so. word. Well, yes, so, 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 give, 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 partner, 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 and we'll see you next week. Mark your calendars for June 15th through the 18th in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Dr. Paula Price, author of The Prophet's Dictionary hosts her annual Tulsa Prophetic Training Institute. This year's theme is the station of the prophet in God's future, unlocking the future of the Almighty with the key of prophecy. Keynote speakers include Prophet Elizabeth Tyam Fook, Prophet C.T. Johnson, Assistant Chief Prophet Angela Powers, and Chief Prophet Tala Price and Chief Apostle Paula Price If you are an ordained prophet, register for Dr. Price's Private Prophets Luncheon Register your teenagers for our youth conference Our youth theme is Identity the Key to Destiny, Redeeming this Generation Visit www.drpaulaaprice.com to register individuals, teens and groups today is Apostle Ashley Clater, Executive Assistant to Taking It All with Paula Price. Season two, we did it, we are here. And I wanted to take a moment and thank you because we would not be able to do this without your partnership, your prayers, and your support. So I want you to do me a favor. I want you to visit www.takingiton.com. Find out more about Taking It On with Paula Price, our vision, for the show and how you can partner with us in taking this to the wider body of Christ into the world. We have big dreams, we have big visions for this show. It's not just here, we want to take this as a roving show around the country, 
on-site locations may be coming to a city near you or your city, your congregation. Hey, we're open to new things because there are so many issues to take on. So many issues, so little time, but we have to get it done in our lifetime and we can't do it without you. So visit www.takingiton.com. You'll be able to see previous episodes from season one, our current season that we are in right now, how you can partner financially in prayer, support, opening doors. Maybe you have connections, opportunities, equipment, locations, the list goes on and on and on, but we cannot do this again. I will say it again. We cannot do this without you. One thing that Dr. Price has taught us all, there are no lone rangers in the kingdom. Nobody gets anything done by themselves. And if you do, you don't get far and probably for not very long. We are here. We are here. We are here for you. And because of you, we have a job to do for our King. Jesus is counting on us to get this truth out there. Dr. Price has taken on many issues and will continue to take on many issues. You can see here in season two, we've expanded our set. We have expanded our guest list and we have more visions waiting to unfold in our next season coming up as well. So again, go to www.takingiton.com and partner with us. Connect with us. Reach out to me. Say, hey, Apostle Ashley, I have some ideas for the show and not just something that you might want Dr. Price to take on, but maybe you're a producer, maybe you're a director, maybe you are a scene designer, makeup artist, costuming, wardrobe, and you have a contribution that you want to partner with us. How about open doors, platforms, connections, people that you want Dr. Price to meet, people that you know need to meet Dr. Price, not just hear a message, but meet with the apostle herself and say, hey, I need to get you in this door because guess what? Taking it on is not just about a television show. It is about getting around tables, having discussions, making connections, shaking hands, opening doors, and you might be the solution or the open door to what God has told Dr. Paula Price. And so as we continue to take it on, we wanna take it on with you. Partner with us at www.takingiton.com.